you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 137. What's up, Neil? What's up, buddy? 137. Second podcast of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So, Third drink. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we've already had uh, we had some Blantons earlier today, and now we're on uh, Jefferson's Ocean. We've got two... And you should have, you know, you should have brought out some really, really crappy bourbon because the Blanton's already has, you know, the palate warmed up. So you could have just... You know, I don't know about this Jefferson's Ocean. I tell you, oh, it, that's what he's saying. It's not there. Let's, let's let our guests it. introduce themselves. <laughs> we, we got an interesting podcast. It's our first book. Oh, wait. But, bookcast. But, but what I did want to say is episode 137, one of our guests was on episode... 30. Was it that long ago? Episode 30. See, Melissa, shame what? on you. It's been way too long. Yeah. No. I can't believe it's been that long. A uh, hundred and seven episodes ago, but you know. That's two years ago. It's It was uh, August of 2020. So this will be, yeah. uh, it is actually like just after the two year anniversary of that. But I would say that we've got an, uh, gotten quite a few guests from Melissa as well. Yeah. That's been amazing. So the, we've always kept in contact, but 107 episodes ago, she was one of our first you know, we were super excited to have her. It was like, man, we're somebody from Nashville wants to talk. This is going to be amazing. You just, <laughs> yep. you know, uh, so thank you for yes, you know, thank you. opening some doors for us and, and welcome back. Yeah, you're welcome. You're so welcome. And congratulations on coming so far, guys. That's amazing. Thank I don't you. know where the time goes. But um, <laughs> I am Melissa Bolero. I am a songwriter, a publisher, and an author. All right. Jack of all trades. Welcome back, Melissa. <laughs> oh, and I'm going to jump in here. I'm Dr. Sarah. I'm a pediatric neuropsychologist who studies the brain and helps talk about raising good kids, either in schools or in uh, at home. So, you know, we are excited to be here with this new project today. I don't feel qualified to be in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Neuropsychology. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. We're going to learn something today, Neil. I can already see that. So, Melissa, while you were uh, going there for a second and we were introducing ourselves to Dr. Sarah, I had to to kind of tell, let her know, you know, this is kind of nerve-wracking for us. Normally, we know what we're getting into. We have, uh, have, have listened to or have researched a little bit about the person that's coming on. And, you know, we've kept track of, track of you and all the things that you've been doing, Melissa, but, you know, this is out of our, out of our realm. So... We're kind of nervous. I'm kind of nervous on our end, and we didn't get to read 
the book. So we, you are going to have to totally fill us in and, and uh, you know, lead the way in this conversation for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd be absolutely happy to. We're super excited. In fact, today is release day of the musical imprint. Oh, awesome. nice. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. We're so pumped about it. There are a total of 24 authors, 22, including Sarah and myself. And every single um, author that has contributed a chapter to this book is absolutely amazing. And I'm going to let Sarah tell you a little bit more about um, the music and the brain connection and, and, and how impactful these stories are and give you a little bit more of an overview of this book. Yeah, right. I would absolutely love to. And at first, I have to say Blanton's all the way, guys. I yes, don't know. no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> discussion about that. But um, besides that point, yeah, you know, I think it's always funny when we uh, start talking about this book because people are kind of like, "What? how did a pediatric neuropsychologist and a songwriter from Nashville connect over something? Um, but I really think that that's the power of this project in this book. You know, the power of music is this connection and you know, I'm so interested in it from a brain perspective, how it's such a whole brain experience, how we can make such an imprint on our lives and change the course of things. And I think Melissa, from the songwriting standpoint and from the power of it emotionally, uh, the connection in that way. And, you know, we just kind of followed that path. And then this project was born. So you said you, you know, you were a little, uh, out of it today, not sure where we're going to lead you. We didn't know where this project was going to go either, but we're so, so proud of um, all the authors in it and the place that we've landed. So two podcasts ago, I don't even remember how it came up, but we got into a conversation about the way memories are tied to music, like you, like how you can hear a song and it takes you back to that right. moment. And and yeah. it, was, it was interesting because we had that conversation. It just came up organically, and 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 now here we're talking about music in the mind. <laughs> <laughs> music is just so powerful in that way. You know, I think it's such a neat idea. So interestingly, all the senses kind of go through the center of our brain. Smell is the only one that doesn't. So smell is usually the one that we can we smell something and we feel a memory right away. Mm -hmm. But music uh, just has this power. It's kind of an all-sense um, kind of stimulation to the brain, and it just goes right for those memories. You almost can feel exactly where you were and see it and hear it and even smell it, I guess, in that sense. Mm. So, you know, it's, uh, so tell me, tell me about how, uh, you know, the brain connection here, because I always thought of it this way. It's almost the opposite. I always felt like I was in this situation, living living this moment with some connection to people or some connection to something. You know, I had I had this connection going on in life, and because that song was playing during this time in my life when I have these connections going on around me, I felt like that's what made the music important. Like, is it that? Is it the music first? Or is it what's happening along with that song? Or is it just a complex combination of all of the above? 
Oh gosh, this is like the chicken and the egg question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And from a songwriter standpoint, you're you know, probably going to get the answer of it's just pure magic. From, <laughs> from, from the brain gal, you're going to get a different answer. <laughs> I know. Well, it is, I guess, magic in a sense. You know, all of the connections in our brain are energy, right? They're all electrical impulses, chemical impulses. That's the way our brain connects. So on some level, it is magic. You know, Melissa is absolutely right. And I think that it really is this, uh, it, it somehow it gets into our emotion centers of our brain. So the emotion center is called the amygdala. I call her Amy G because she's just so <laughs> emotional. Um, and really, anytime she hears music, you know, she goes. I picture like a pufferfish kind of. Um, so anytime you know she stimulates, she goes poof, mm. and uh, the rest of our brain gets to deal with the reaction to that, whether that be positive or negative or just kind of this deep connection. And so I do think it's a little bit of a chicken and egg question when you bring it up that way. But I do believe that music has this power to really stimulate your whole brain um, and differently in different people too, you know? So from Melissa's perspective and my perspective, we, our brains actually experience music differently because we know musicians mm. uh, actually use a different part of their brain than, than I would as a lay person uh, to listen to music. So when she's listening to music, she's using more of the back of her brain, the occipital lobe, which is more of the visual cortex. So she's actually probably visualizing music more. Um, and then when I listen to it, we've seen from studies that it's more of a uh, another lobe, a temporal lobe. So it's more about listening and, and understanding music than it is about seeing it. So just even that subtle difference in the way we approach music, we act, our brains actually respond differently. I just find it so cool. Clearly, I could talk That's about That's fascinating. <laughs> That's unbelievably fascinating. Does a certain area of the brain... While listening, say like Melissa being visual, so she actually is either of them more emotionally connected. Mm. Well, emotions tell us what to remember and what to forget. So if you think about it, the things that you remember actually have some emotional value to them. So mm -hmm. if that music is touching you emotionally, you're going to remember that a lot more. So I think it's a matter of the amount of connection your brain has to that music as to whether you know how it impacts you. Huh. So it doesn't necessarily matter if you're a visual thinker and, and like Melissa with thinking about music and the performance aspect and the artistic aspect or listening. Or you, Neil. You Neil still is can a musician. Get that same and so is Brad. Mm -hmm. They oh. are both are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We listen too, though. I know. We definitely listen, but <laughs> I bet you experience it a little bit differently too, because you're yeah, not just yeah. experiencing, you know, you experience it in, in probably even more of a whole brain way than me, because um, I'm sure that on some level you see it in a different way, you know, and that I just I think that that's um, phenomenal. And for deep memories, you know, things that are really emotional to me or those time periods you guys were talking about where you had something happen and you... Um, experience music at the same time, you know, that's more visual for me, but everyday music isn't as visual as it probably is for all of you. Mm. I mean, your emotions are definitely tied to music because you think about a movie, a, uh, say a sad movie, and you could watch the same scene with no music mm -hmm. and it wouldn't impact you at all. Mm. But then they put that, you know, sad, sappy music uh, movie music in there <laughs> and it just pulls at the heartstrings. <laughs> that's why Hallmark. Yeah, that's why Hallmark movies are so good, man. They got <laughs> that's, good why, music. that's why we musicians fight for better pay because we feel like the music is everything in the movies and it's always the thing that they're like, well, they just ironically didn't budget for it. <laughs> but truly, I think the music is always, I mean, you remember scenes, I mean, legendary scenes 
um, from movies because of the music. I mean, what would it be like to see what's his name dancing around in his underwear without the music behind it? You know who I'm talking about. Um, you know who I'm talking about. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Risky business. Come on. Risky business. There, there you go. go. I mean, what would risky business? I mean, he'd just be looking really silly without the music behind him sliding into the hallway, yeah. dancing in his underwear. Somehow I think it'd still fly. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, that's Maverick. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Probably <laughs> I was going to say earlier, Sarah, you were talking about Amy G and how she was like a puffer fish. Mm. And I was thinking to myself, you might want to reconsider her name and her Melissa B. <laughs> I think it's I think it's actually very fascinating though when she describes these things about what happens because it is really I mean it is fascinating but it is also textbook it's really amazing and how you can educate yourself on on your emotions and you know and how the music and and all that just ties together and music is such a strong communicator it's so healing for us I mean think about all the things that music you know, can get us through, can get us through loss. It can get us through breakups. It can get us, you know, I mean, pump us up when we're celebrating. I mean, there's a reason that song celebration is at every single <laughs> wedding, right? When are we going to get another celebration song? No I don't kidding. know if that one will ever be replaced, but um, <laughs> yeah, music is just so important. And so we're hoping, um, one of the things that we talked about early on was that uh, there are lots of books out there on uh, the effects of music on the brain. There's some brilliant books out there, but there weren't um, too many books or any books to our knowledge where people were actually telling those stories. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to tell those stories. And that's what we've done in this book. Each author has contributed a story um, about a time in their life that a song has profoundly affected them. And it's really quite amazing, these chapters. I mean, they really take you on an incredible journey through these authors' lives. In in uh, and how many authors there are thirty four or th- twenty two right? twenty four twenty four twenty two plus Sarah and I mm-hmm. that's twenty twenty four <laughs> twenty two plus two <laughs> yeah so twenty four <laughs> different authors but with a a real in depth you know story about something that has affected their life is there a through line other than the theme that that uh, music and emotion. Is there some type of through line through all this that you can kind of gather once you put all these stories together that maybe caught you by surprise? I think for me, um, you know, music can do more for you than eight weeks of therapy, mm. eight years of therapy, for goodness sakes. And I think um, what really struck me when reading all of these stories is just the pivot points that you find throughout people's lives or that one moment that really sticks out for them that that either changed the course of their life or made mm. the course of their life in some way. And for me, that's what it's all about. You know, I I I raise brains for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I help people do that. And um this project really just um embodies everything that we strive to help people towards. The idea that you can connect over something, that you can do a passion project, that you can read these themes throughout people's lives um, and that that this one song really touched them. And there's such a range in here. I mean, there's um, everything the from, from pop. <laughs> yeah, the Humpty Dance. Um, you know, there's Taylor Swift is in here. Uh, Climb Every Mountain is in here. I mean, so many 
Um, yeah. The common thread for me it would be, once again, the power of music. I mean, really, I think at the end of the day, and we all know this, but it's just one more verification and validation of how powerful music is. Um, because, and then like Sarah said, you know, putting together this project was more than just, it's, it's almost hard to put it into words actually is why I'm struggling because last night we were talking with all the authors and I was getting very emotional. So, you know, you hear that, you hear that saying, or there's a saying out there that says, you know, um, music speaks when the words can't (laughs) type a thing and that might be part of it. And then the other, um, I don't think it, I don't know if it was Bob Dylan, but one of the greats, somebody said once that, you know, you could sing a song to 10,000 people and they would all sing the same song back, this, this song back to you, but for 10,000 different reasons. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's, that's the magic of a song. And, and even though sometimes lyrics might be specific to the, um, to the composer, to the artist, um, typically they're universal enough that we can all connect in some way. So even though the songs in this book and the stories are very specific to what that author was going through, I guarantee you that maybe this song, like for instance, one of the songs in here is Auld Lang Syme by Dan Fogelberg. And to me, that's a timeless favorite that I bet you we all can sort of hear that song and connect to somewhere, someplace, or someone. Mm. And so it's neat just reading uh, his story, David's story in here about how he's connected to the song. And then just having your own little wow moment, like I have a a similar different connection as well. So, I mean, we could have probably filled this up with thousands of stories, to be honest with you. This is just Mm -hmm. volume one. I was actually going to ask, how in the world did you choose the authors? Was that something that, did you all set out with a list of, hey, here's who we would love to get to contribute to this thing? Or is it, it's actually a two-part question. Um, Or did you have people submit? How did it come about that you got the contributors in this book? I think it was kind of a combo. You know, I think there are people that we thought would be great matches for this. And then people who came who, you know, kind of came across our path, who we can't imagine not being in the book at that particular moment. You know, it it really was a journey like that. I mean, when Melissa and I started this, she's right. We were talking about the way music connects. And um, it's funny because you talk to some people and you don't have to say anything. They just completely understand the reasoning behind the book and they get it. And then you talk to other people who, you know, it's just not, it wasn't a good fit. They just didn't understand it. And um, and they were, it was one of two games. There was no one in the middle. Yeah, it was sort of like, you like sushi or you don't like sushi. There's never anybody that's kind of like, I kind of like sushi. Usually they're like, I love it. I yeah. hate it. No, she's right about that. Yeah. And and what actually what happened is we, <laughs> we were framing this in the beginning as a little bit of like a, um, kind of like a, a soft launch and putting, putting the idea of the musical imprint out there and just seeing, well, our so- we never had to do a hard launch because our soft launch launch just <laughs> organically turned into so much positive feedback. And we really just had to stop where we stopped because um, there were just so many moving parts to getting the book together that it would literally just go on, you know, forever. <laughs> um, Cause then you, you know, there's a lot of stuff you have to do on the back end. And so from start to finish, um, it, it's been about a year, right, Sarah? But it, it's been about six months since we yeah. brought all the authors on board and gave them time to get their stories in and then get them edited and then um, send them out for print and then check for errors. There's just a, there's a whole process. So um, the way that the people came to us was 
really pretty organic. I mean, we just kind of put the idea out there. People said they were interested. We kind of told them, you know, what the process was. And then there would be other people that would say, oh my gosh, my friend would love to do this. Or they would say, I know someone who would Mm -hmm. love to do this. And, and really it was pretty effortless, wasn't it, Sarah? Oh yeah. And it was, it's like a family. I mean, I can't imagine these people not being in our lives. I don't know about you, Melissa, but I I really can't. And they connect with each other. And there's, and I think that maybe is even another theme in this book is just the connection of the authors who not, you know, they haven't met in person, Hmm. most of them. um, But there's this magic about it. There's this energy about the project that's always been there from the very first day we did it. I mean, it kind of just all worked out (laughs) every step of the way. It just kind of was like that. (laughs) Right. Um, in ways you wouldn't think it would, you know, I'm much more of a logical thinker. I kind of make a plan and then go about and do that. Um, and in this one, Melissa was like, Hey, you want to come to Nashville? And I was like, okay, uh, sure. Um, and then we were just, you know, we were taking promo pics and then we were asking authors, then we were reading chapters and it just, it just went. Um, and it just has been probably one of the, my favorite things that I've ever done. And, and I think that that's the point of this music can impact you that way. You know, the connection impacts you that way. And for me, this book is the culmination of all of that for me It's just this project that I jumped into, um, that, you know, Melissa was kind enough to say, Hey, you want to try something? And I was like, okay, (laughs) sure. You know, I hadn't met her before either. So (laughs) we had, we had, Sarah and I connected because we were both co-authors in another book and our chapters were side by side. And she saw that I was Mm -hmm. from Nashville and she was coming to Nashville and she jumped on the phone originally just to ask me a couple of questions about Nashville and would I be in town and that kind of thing. And we organically started talking about, (laughs) yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was it ended up being a good hookup too <laughs> uh, because mm-hmm. I think we, we went to the listening room cafe and or maybe that was the next group. oh my gosh also one of my <laughs> yeah so yeah. Mm-hmm. so everything from the beginning just worked and I mean we both very effortlessly shared stories about songs that we had a connection to in our lives and I just thought wow you know it just it was such a blessing it was just such a gift because Immediately, I, I think I understood our connection, and and I I joke about this in the book, but I said, you know, when I when I said to Sarah, hey, what do you think about this? I said, ironically, being a, a brain gal, she didn't give it a second thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's really um, it really does have a have a, an energy and a mind of its own. This project, and I would warn people too because I just sat and read from chapter one all the way through to the to the last chapter. Of the book, and I have to tell you, it is an emotional roller coaster. If you want to meet Amy <laughs> Jane, read the book because um, it takes you through ups and downs. You know, there's they're they're not all down, they're not all up. They're just kind of like life is. You know, this this roller coaster. You know, you ride the ups, you enjoy the ups, and you kind of ride out the downs. And um, and that's the way this book really shaped up. And there were some really good writers, right? I mean, these were some some of the authors are first time authors, but. It's amazing the stories, and also some of them are, um, are published authors now. They have books out. Um, but one point uh, of interest is we've we've actually got some incredibly neat people in this book, and one in particular is a country music star, mm. um, and he's been on tour all summer with Pitbull, and uh, his name is Fillmore. Fillmore. 
Yeah. And talk about a guy who kind of goes outside the box. You know, if you listen to his music too, it's not just mm. country. I mean, right. he's country on tour. With people. Yeah. That's, tell a, you that's yeah. an interesting <laughs> setup right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah. it's a total outside the box kind yeah. of thing. Just like this. Book it's book. actually very ironic because he writes about his mm-hmm. connection to Rascal Flatts and the song Mayberry. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, his roots are Latin roots with, with where he comes from and his mom comes from. And so he does, he's even got some songs, you know, that he sings in Spanish. And then, like mm-hmm. Sarah said, he's on tour with Pitbull. So yeah. he's all over the place. And um, he's just, he's a phenomenal guy. We're just honored to have his story in this book. Um, we've got some neat journalists uh, who are participating in this book. Um, we've got everything from, you know, people who uh, um, own foundations that are doing amazing work out in the community to, um, people who, um, sell real estate to, we have a marathon runner. Um, we have a dance instructor trying to think we have people that own small businesses. Dance instructor who teaches about relationships. We have therapists in here. We have who work with court systems. We have (laughs) um, people who work in politics. Um, and then all musicians. I mean, there's just it's such a neat uh, group of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really fills yeah. the gamut. <laughs> you know, so it really does teachers, you know, we and I think that's again part of the part of this. And th- that all really happened very organically, you know, the people who came through and came to us and you know, the next person, the next person, the next person, everyone was so different that we just we couldn't say no. We were so excited to have that whole range because it's the same experience that you know, like you were saying earlier, Melissa, you know, you can listen to one song and hear it so differently. And there are all these, all these people who do such different things, but are still bound together by music or still right. impacted by music in that one special way. And, um, it just makes for a very, um, when, when we go, uh, we're very black and white in this world sometimes, at least mm-hmm. in my field, I know in your field, there may be a lot of, <laughs> a lot of gray, but really in the world, I feel like it's black and white, what's right and wrong. And the power of music to me is in describing that gray and describing the way that you can feel five emotions at one time in the subtleties of that emotion. And, um, this book, you know, really brings all of that together for me anyway, to say, it doesn't matter who you are, what you do, you can have multiple passions, feel multiple things. And, put them out on paper in this wonderful project and then I'll get together at some point and celebrate. Yeah. And, you know, just from the language that both of you are saying, it's, you know, it's talking about family and emotional uh, journey and how even once you get together after not knowing each other, how close you, you can feel just over reading the words and understanding um, somebody's viewpoint of, of just one song. I mean, this is not talking about going super in depth into their life, but just knowing that connection, the music and, and emotion bring together. <clears throat> and, and part of the question, uh, I guess this would be part B of my question earlier is once you get, you know, you get these authors and you get all these, like you talked about from so many different walks of life and so many different viewpoints and, and which is awesome. That's, I think that's shows how we can all get connected regardless of where you're coming from. But especially coming from your all's point of view, how much more did you feel like you knew these authors after you read their story and went through this process with them? At the end of the day, you you know, you just got done uh, reading from front to back. Do you feel like not only the connection, but you just feel like you know so much more about somebody just through this little bit of one song and, and explanation of why it's so important? Oh, yeah. I think that's really the the strength and the power. And I'll let Melissa talk about it too, but it is... 
uh, each conversation we had with these authors, we would have a conversation before we, you know, stumbled into their chapters or before they submitted them. And I feel like I'm deeply connected to these people because of the stories that they told us. And then after reading them again, even more so, there's a vulnerability to it. And that connection, when you feel something um, similar to somebody else, it kind of ties you to them. That vulnerability creates this wonderful connection and it's really powerful. I mean, Melissa, you've I'll let you yeah, no, I think you said it. You're exactly right. I think it just reminds you um, that we're all connected, that we're all the same. And I think that when you read these chapters, you see some part of yourself in the emotion that they're feeling or what they're going through, even if you didn't have the same experience. And then, like I said, I mean, um, I've, I've actually been introduced to one or two songs that I've never heard before, which is wonderful for me. And now, oh wow, yeah. And so now um, I'm a big fan, you know, of, of a new song. Um, through the eyes of someone else in their journey with that song. So I, I just, I, without giving it away, like, like there's so many stories, right. That we want to just kind of just blurt out and share. Um, but yeah. And I find myself being emotional about it right now too. And I mean, I'm sure part of that is because, you know, it's what I do every single day and have done my entire life mm-hmm. is live and breathe music and the music, um, you know, is being a creative as you know, Neil and Brad, it Mm. just requires a certain amount of crazy in your head. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a gift and a curse, you know? And so this in particular, like this amount, I mean, I'm typically on a typical day, you know, writing songs or listening to songs. Sometimes I have to put on my publisher hat and have to listen to a song for structure and stuff like that. But most of the time I'm very much emotionally in a song and I'm looking for that um, that emotion or that feeling and that wow factor. And so this is like overload for me because this mm-hmm. has been not only just what I do at Ryan Partners every single day, but a constant of working on um, these chapters and these songs. And by the way, we have um, put together a playlist of every one of these songs. Oh, awesome. So if someone goes to like the musicalimprint.com, they'll actually be able to uh, see every one of these authors. There's a link to every one of these authors. Uh, there's a link to Amazon where they can purchase the book. And then there's the playlist. And so it it's um, that's been wonderful too, to put that playlist together of, of all these songs. And then, you know, talk about connection. That is going to connect your reader even more into the song. And, and I, if mm-hmm. Melissa, if you've discovered a couple of new songs, there people are going to discover 12 to 14 <laughs> new songs on this. Because I'm sure you've listened to about everything out there at this I, point. You would think so, right? I mean, and <laughs> you would think so. And I, you know, I stay up every, every day. I get billboarded in my inbox. And, and so, you know, I'm very much, of course, aware of everything that's going on in country music, but also you know, EDM music and pop music and just everything you can imagine. Because when you are a publisher on top of being a songwriter, the separation is that, you know, you've got a catalog, not just your own songs, but thousands of songs that you just, mm. if you're anything like me, you're just stubborn enough to think that they're not going to go to waste and that there is a home for all 50,000 <laughs> songs in the catalog. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's hard to think, even as a writer, to write 400 songs and think that some of them are, you know, 4,000 songs and think that some of them will never see the light of day and just have to kind of come to the realization that some of them were for practice, you know, because mm-hmm. you want to yeah. believe that they're all good and they're all, you know, got a place. So yeah, it's been absolute overload for me. Um, you know, just twofold, you know, the music, the songs, but then getting to know these authors through their chapters. And by the way, even though we launched on Kindle today, 
um, we're doing a big book signing official launch in Nashville, Tennessee, um, November 2nd. And you are both invited. I know you're going to be coming to Tennessee soon. Hey, November, yeah. 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 We'll come back. It's close enough. We'll be there. I can be there. Oh, you'll be out of town. I, yeah, I'll be in North Dakota. I'll be in North Dakota. I don't know. I'll drive down. Heck yeah. We'll get some Blanton. Ah, I'm bringing it. It's probably cheaper up here. You know, as you guys are talking and I'm thinking about uh, both of your your connections to music and Dr. Sarah with the mind connection, it, it makes me think as you hear these stories, and Melissa, you've talked about being emotional. You know, I would think you're hearing these stories and I mean, any human is going to be tied to the emotional piece, but probably more so you and then maybe Dr. Sarah. I wonder when you hear these stories, are you thinking about the science as you hear these? Like, you know, what's making this song important <laughs> to this person? Or, you know, what are you looking for? Yeah. Did you see common threads through some of these stories that, that hit the mind and why they become important to these people? Or Talk about a blessing and a curse, like you guys have been talking about with music. You know, at least I think also for you guys, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's almost like writing these songs gets all these emotions out, yes. right? I always say better out than yes. in when it comes to things. <laughs> Emotions better out than in, but for the people who aren't as savvy at getting them out, um, what's cool about reading these stories for me actually is it does get emotion out. You can't mm. help but get emotional when you read yeah. these, especially if you do this and listen to the playlist together. Um, you get connected real quick, and um, when I do read them, you know, I, I there's nothing else to do but feel in a lot of these, which for me is one of the most important points, and the. The interesting thing about this book for me is, you know, therapy sometimes can be very much, there's eight sessions, we're going to do things this way. Um, But the best transformation for people really happens when Amy G's involved. And Amy G gets involved a lot with music and reading books like this. And I'm sure all of you can think about that one book you read or that one piece of music you listened to that really just shifted and changed the course. And that is the cool thing from a brain perspective for me that, you know, Amy G gets involved. And then, um, there's another part of your brain called the hippocampus. I call him hip. He looks, he's like hip, the hippo and him and Amy G are BFFs, right? Because we remember what's emotional for us. Right. And although, you know, we all have that Amy G friend, you know, that really taxing friend, um, and it can be taxing on our hip, our learning memory centers to, um, to feel so much, but when you get that magic connection, um, I know weird science person saying magic, but it's true. <laughs> there's some magic to it. Um, you get, you know, that emotional involvement with that memory and, and then that shifts the course and can change and can really enhance people's lives, improve people. It's the, it can be the best therapy, the best intervention that we have. And so even though, you know, we might not have a, uh, therapy called, you know, music in particular that's going to span it. We do have music therapy for kids, but we don't have this one that we, we can't uh, pinpoint that. You don't know which song is going to do that for you. Um, but allowing yourself to be open enough to experience the world and experience things like music um, in a way that is going to be able to change your brain and change the course and connect you in a new way. I, think I loved powerful. what you said about mm-hmm. music being the intervention. That is mm-hmm. like super mm-hmm. cool. There's actually a chapter in the book about a couple of kids with autism I would recommend reading because uh, that one's a neat one too when it comes to the connection that music can have across the board. So right, yeah, right. and 
trying not to give it away. Melissa, Melissa would be very upset. No, with me you, if I you. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. No, I find it hard myself not to. And I was going to say, please don't ask us to pick a favorite story or chapter out of this book either. <laughs> no. that, that would be far too difficult. <laughs> I would love to hear maybe you don't have to tell the whole story, but maybe you're all songs. Yeah, you had to pick your own as you were going through this. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let Melissa go first. Oh, yeah, gosh. please. Yeah, I, I didn't think about telling you that. This is probably the most emotional because I was actually thinking if I had a favorite, it, it, it might be Sarah's. You know, I don't know. I, I just, I can't, I think, I don't know if I'll be able to tell this story or talk about my story. Um, Okay. I, I won't tell your story, Sarah. But no, um, <laughs> you can tell mine. Yeah. Then I don't have to worry about mine. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, it was very much a no-brainer for me. Uh, literally, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> whenever I was deciding on on which story, you know, and then that's the thing too. I mean, I think we all could put pretty much a soundtrack together of our lives. But you know, oh, yeah. I was I was really per, um, insistent on pushing people to figure out what was the one song and narrow it down to the one song. But for me, that was a very easy determination. And um, it was when I was little and uh, my mom was killed by a a jealous boyfriend. And um, my uncle came to uh, my home to pick up me and my brother and sister and take us to the hospital because at the time uh, they were still trying to keep her alive. And so we were in the backseat of his car and we were parked in the hospital parking lot. and. the radio was on low and we were in our pajamas and uh, we were crying. You know, we didn't know if our mother had lived or not. And um, my aunt had poked her head in the car and said that she didn't make it. And I just remember hearing three times a lady on the radio by Lionel Richie. And I just cried. And I, I remembered I, I was so dialed into the song. And I don't know if that was a little bit of a, a, a soul, a glimpse into who I would become or how important music would be in my life or just at that moment, how my soul was just so dialed into music from the time I was a little girl. But he talks about, you know, thanks for the memories and you're once, twice, three times a lady. And so, of course, I thought that song was about my mother and I thought it was about me, my brother and sister sitting in the backseat of the car. So I talk about that, of course, later in life, you know, I heard that song my entire life. And then I talk about, um, understanding that it was about a relationship between a man and a woman, but uh, it will always be to me about my mother. And that's, I guess, one of 24 perfect examples of how, you know, we hear songs differently. My goodness. Yeah. That really speaks to that point, Melissa. Yeah. I remember you telling me the story for the first time and got chills. I still have yeah. to today listening to that story too. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. Sarah? Oh, I thought I was going to get Absolutely out of it. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Melissa do it so no, well. No, I did. I, I wasn't looking um, at you guys. I had my head down the whole time. <laughs> you, you nailed it. That's, we, we actually froze the, str- the screen just for that story. Yeah. So you would... Uh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Good. Yeah, I think for me, um, you know, I know we, we really tried to narrow it down to one song. For me, th- there's such an interesting connection Um, that people have to artists. And for me, being outside of the field (laughs) and not being a musician, not being a songwriter, uh, to feel so powerfully connected to somebody is really, uh, is such an incredible thing. So my chapter's um, really about the artist Taylor Swift um, and 
she has actually, I've been so connected to her. We've never met, right? But I feel like we're best friends. I feel like we know each other. <laughs> She's been there through my whole life anyway. Um, and I just really talk a little bit about the thread that has been created. You know, I think I first fell in love with her when um, I have two um, beautiful children now, but when I was um, pregnant for the first time, I um, lost my first child about 24 weeks and he lived uh, to be about an hour um, and when I got pregnant the second time I got pregnant with twins, um, and I ended up on bed rest for you know, about three weeks, um, not able to go out for anything, not even to use the bathroom. Um, and so I'm just there for three weeks. And I remember laying and looking out the window, not sure what was going to happen. Am I going to lose kids again? Could this happen again? Um, I remember when I was pregnant the first time people would tell me, oh, you'll have twins next. The, the, God will give you one back. You know, so they'll give you one back. And so now hmm. here I am in the same spot wondering what's going to happen. And I would just stare out the window and I would listen to her album, Fearless, and that song in particular, which is the one we have on the playlist. Um, and it would just take me away. You know, her writing was so transformative. Trans it would take me, it would transport me to um, lighter problems, you know, boyfriend yeah. problems and these things <laughs> that I thought were such big deals at the time. Um, but, you know, here I am kind of dealing with life and death and it would just, it would calm me down. Um, you know, I wouldn't have any, you know, contractions, pain, anything like that. Um, and, you know, soon, you know, long story short, I ended up losing both those kids again. Uh, they both lived about an hour until I had my beautiful children. Um, but it, what was interesting about the connection to her is that it didn't have this negative association. And you talk a lot about, do I go to the science? And yeah. here's where I do, because you would think that something such, so horrific, some experience so uh, so traumatic, you would have a negative association with her, but it really ended up being more of a comfort. She comforted me throughout that time. Mm. Um, and later when my sister, uh, my sister was 29 when she died of breast cancer, um, and she loved herself some Taylor Swift. <laughs> and I remember when she was uh, sick, we took my took my daughter and my niece um, to Taylor Swift's concert and we sent her pictures and she kind of lived vicariously through us um, that moment. And she was a part of that time for us and that connection with my kids and their aunt Nana before she died. Oh. Um, and then when my sister did pass, um, it's this interesting experience because... Um, you're just sitting in a room with someone who's passed away. Uh, and that has been my first, well, I guess my third, fourth experience, but really with somebody who I, I, you know, had so much life in her mm -hmm. uh, a minute ago and now is just there. And uh, my other sister and my mom and I just sitting in the room and all of a sudden Taylor Swift's music came on the radio and I can remember it because it's oh, such wow. a surreal experience to have your sister laying there waiting for somebody to, take her somewhere. Um, and it's this long drawn out period of time. And she just came on the radio and I just, um, was so again, comforted by the, by the concept of having her there. Um, and that thread has mm. been with me through my entire life. You know, I think even my kids hear it and feel that way at this point. I think I've passed that along to them and I find <laughs> it incredible that you can be so connected to somebody you've never spoken to and someone's music can be with you throughout all of these very traumatic experiences in your life, and yet you still feel comfort and appreciation for that music. So my chapter actually started as a letter to Taylor Swift that we, uh, you know, that I kind of morphed into this. And I, um, I hope one day, you know, that she can see the impact that would be ideal. And I hope that all the other 
artists uh, um, and that people wrote about in the book could could see that too, because it's a pretty incredible connection and experience. Well, you know, they, Melissa, you would know as a as a writer if somebody ever told you something like that and how much of an impact that your writing has had on on their existence and how much comfort. I, I just couldn't imagine, you know, having that impact without the connection, you know, without the physical connection. It, it just is mind blowing that a medium can do that. You know, I, I, I agree. Yeah, I, mean, I, I reach for her, you know, I reach for her during those moments, you know, she, she, I'm pulling her in and I'm sure Melissa's had lots of these experiences actually. Oh, well, you know, I talk about that in my chapter. It, it do, you know, do I already have a song out there that someone feels that way about, or will I, mm-hmm. um, I do know that I, you know, in my world, in my little world of songwriting in Nashville, um, I can think of many instances, of course, playing the Bluebird Cafe or the listening room where people come up and they talk to you and they connect to you and tell you a story about a song that you sang and how it touched them and why. And so it's always amazing. And I don't think as a songwriter, performing songwriter, an artist, you ever get tired of hearing those stories. And I don't think that I'm sure as many times as Taylor has heard that her music has powerfully moved someone that one more story like this would not absolutely be amazing. And so I hope that she will get to hear this. Um, Mm. I remember one day I wrote, I sat down and wrote a song called ballerina that had been on my heart for a long time. And it was just simply because, you know, I, I get to write with artists all day long, but the benefit of, you know, being a writer sometimes is just coming home and sitting on your couch and writing something therapeutic for yourself. And, um, I wrote this song called ballerina and I, I, remembered a little girl in my um, classroom when I was just in like kindergarten and she's absolutely so beautiful. Her name was Dolores. And, you know, I was, I had a very happy childhood up until my mom passed, but, but we were really poor. I mean, she was just a waitress. And, and so I was every bit of a little bit of a punky Brewster girl. Like I didn't care if I had two different Converse on that were two different colors or my ponytails didn't quite match up. You know, I was just running around as happy as I could be, but I was always stopped in my tracks by a little girl named Dolores because she was always wearing these beautiful patent leather shoes and pantyhose. And in my mind, for some reason, I I just thought she was a ballerina and nobody told me she was a ballerina, but (laughs) I just thought, well, she must be a ballerina. She's so elegant and stuff. And so I never forgot about Dolores, but one day I sat down and I, I wrote a song about how you know, I talk, I start off talking about ballerina. How do you dance like that? You know, and, and the way you move and all your grace and stuff. But, but really what I'm getting to in the song is that, you know, I learned to heal my heart in minor fours and I, you, I use chord references mm-hmm. and stuff, but I talk about maybe we're, we're all just stars that fell from the sky. Cause I watched you search for home in your eyes. And I'm talking about the ballerina. Like, what is she dancing for? Like, why does she dance? You know, I play music, I play a piano and I play uh, my guitar and I lean on those strings for a reason. And so we all choose different things in life sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I had, um, that night I decided, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sing this song. I literally had just written it and I was like, I'm going to try this out. This might be a mistake, but it, I'll never forget that night because I sang it at the listening room and there was a woman who stood in line and waited to talk to me. And she leaned over to me with tears in her eyes. And she said, you know, she said, I was abused as a child. And she said, and the only way that I survived it was through my ballet lessons. Mm. And she said, so you know, I in particular love that part about maybe we're all just searching for home. So anyway, that was a very long story, but to tell you that I got um, chills. 
Yeah. I mean, and so I think about that a lot when I'm just even feeling vulnerable myself as a creator or just wanting to tell a story or put a song out there because nine times out of 10 or really 10 times out of 10, there's somebody, you know, and, and there's a saying that says, you know, you don't have to be perfect in your craft, but you, if you're passionate about it, I think that's a, what people, you know, connect to. Cause yeah. I certainly am not an artist. I'm a performing songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> well, Melissa, have, have you ever written a song that has been, um, you know, it sounded like you, that was one that you have been sitting with and, and was ready to get out. Have you ever written one that kind of had, healed you from the inside out maybe a little bit? Yeah, several. And um, I have one called Sweet Honesty. And um, one of the last gifts that my mother gave me, um, one of the things she did, and I I talk about this in my book, my other book, since it's been two years, there's been a book in between. (laughs) I have a book out called God, Gratitude, and Giving. And in there, I talk about um, one of the last gifts that my mother gave me was a bottle of Sweet Honesty. It's a perfume that Avon has had for 40 or 50 years now. And um, I remember when I wrote that song, that that song um, was always very, very healing to me because that was, and and like Sarah was telling you earlier about smell being the only one of our five senses that doesn't have any, um, you know, it just goes straight to the brain. I mean, it doesn't have to travel through any other narrow passageways. It just kind of goes right there. Well, Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's the way it was my whole entire life was I have, I still have a bottle of sweet honesty. And, and when I smell it, I can, I can, I just feel like I'm standing right next to my mother. So when I wrote that song, sweet honesty, but this could be a 24-hour podcast. You don't want to keep asking me a songwriter <laughs> those kind of questions <laughs> because I, there are several songs, yes, that I've written that are healing for me personally. Well, we sure appreciate you guys talking to us about the new book. Oh, we got to get it. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, we used to give you a whole lot in two chapters. There are 20 more. That's there are 22 amazing. more. <laughs> And oh, look, we just yeah, they're wonderful. Incredible. Really touch on real quick, Sarah, the significance of 22, because we really mm-hmm. didn't know. We were thinking we were going to go for, yeah. you know, more, but we ended up at 22 authors. And that was really cool, Sarah. We accidentally ended up at 22 authors, which I'm sure you all know is the Taylor Swift reference, uh, 22. <laughs> so when, when Melissa called me and we were trying to think, we actually didn't know how many authors we had. We had this spreadsheet. We kept trying to count them and we kept getting the count wrong. <laughs> and I just said to her, are there really 22 authors? You know, the two of us and 22 authors, is that really? Because we that's how we were counting. It was us and then how many other authors. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I think there are. And I said, well, I don't know what else to do. You know, there, that's just yeah. to talk yeah, about we, the magic, we, right? There there we is. almost didn't let yeah. anybody else in after that point. Because yeah, we were, like, yeah. we were, <laughs> we were 22, point. but no, it, it very <laughs> organically ended up there. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, I hope that these artists, artists, see, I'm calling them artists already, but these authors in this book um, get the experience kind of like you guys do as songwriters, you know, and then, and that Taylor has, you know, impacted me so much. And I was been such a quiet fan, you know, I'm, I'm, I wish I was better with social media and with reaching out and all these things, but it's just, you know, she's probably never heard a thing from me except for to put this out there. And I hope all the other authors in this book get the experience of being able to you know, be this vulnerable and impact other people and have other people connect with them in that same way that um, songwriters can connect with people through their music. Send her a book. 
<laughs> yeah, there you go. Just a... <laughs> we'll see if we can get it to you really... for sure. <laughs> Thanks. I really can't wait to read it. So the musicalimprint.com, is that the best place, the easiest place to go? Yeah, that's probably the yep. easiest place. So if you just kind of type it in Amazon, it'll pop up. But we also have it on all our social media pages, but the musicalimprint.com. Yeah, okay. Yep. And you can find out a bunch of information about each of the artists that way too. So if you're really interested in the project and you want to you know, connect with those people that you're reading about, uh, that's a great way to do it. Awesome. Dr. All Sarah, right. do you want to, do you have uh, like your, where's the best place to get a hold of you as far as social media? Oh yeah. Well, I, uh, I love sending everyone to the musical imprint because you'll be able to find all our information. But if you're looking for more from me, you can always go to brainbehaviorbridge.com. That's my website. And you can always get my book, Raising Brains, if you want some unique approaches to awesome raising We have books. All right, Melissa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now you have uh, books. Uh, Melissa, but what about you? Best, uh, like, Instagram, yeah, something like that. Melissablairroad.com or Rhyme Partners or The Musical Imprint or I Stalk Sarah. So if you go to her lab, <laughs> yeah, mine's uh, Dr. Sarah L. Allen if you're looking on Instagram too. But you'll find us all over the place. We, yeah. uh, we're kind of everywhere That's right the beauty now. and the curse right, the of music- social media, right? And Google. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> the Musical Imprint. Yeah. Awesome. Go out and get it. Absolutely. Thank you all. Hey, thank you so thank much. Thank you, Brad and Neil. You I guys are it. awesome. Thank and I'm you. so proud of you. Oh, thank you.